Coffee matters most when cared for from plant to cup. We're committed to roasting and delivering a coffee drinking experience to be remembered. This podcast is brought to you by Cielo Coffee. Hi guys, so welcome to the podcast. We're on week seven and this week we have been speaking to Paul from Dark Woods Coffee Roasters um, near Huddersfield. He is an awesome guy with a lot of coffee history and knowledge, um, as you'll hear as we speak to him in this interview. And we were fortunate enough to have him train us when we first started way back 12 years ago with a cafe called Baraka and he did our barista skills training back then. So it's great to have the chance to chat to him. Coffee. This is all about coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. But I just was like, I came away going, that, that battery was incredible. You're going to get the hints. So <laughs> like, would you just, yeah, what is the, do you just do, what kind of ratio would you use on? Um, it pretty much stays to the same ratio yeah. that I would use if I was doing a V60 or something like that. Uh, I'm much more of a big fan of doing large batches of stuff anyway, and I right. think you can hit exactly the same skills as, as a hand brew. In fact, I, really? I get very poor hand brew from a lot of places because they're trying to scale down too much. If you're trying to do just yeah. a cup on 18 grams or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. the chances of channeling or mucking it up or whatever are, are, are quite high. Um, Normally, if I'm doing a V60, I do a minimum of 30 grams and do half a litre and, and yeah. stick to that. So the ratio, really, and really? alter everything else That's around that ratio. But if I'm doing, I mean, this is a, a, a two litre batch I've just done yeah. uh, on just shy of 120 grams. So it's yeah. using the same yeah. sort of format. If I scale it up to a five litre, four or five litre, I start to adjust it a little bit just because okay. you've got a thicker thicker bed but essentially I'm working off the same same yeah. ratio yeah I mean for all it people works. Yeah. for all it people really works. prat about with with, uh, <laughs> uh, with things too much it, it's uh, it's actually yeah. and and we measure it we we TDS it we we chart it, it yeah. it's and um, yeah we might adjust things a little bit but you can nail good batch brew mm. Sort of that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> that was the thing I took away last time we came did, to yeah, very yeah. kindly roast on your machine He's when been I was ever since. <laughs> it's funny because okay. some, sometimes there are poorer batch brews here, and and, and it's <laughs> it's somebody will have done something, and, and normally it's if somebody does try to overthink something yeah. right, that they get it wrong. Yeah. Whereas right. if you just grind it how we always grind yeah. it, put the same amount we always do it, and yeah. like push a button yes. it, it works yeah. Yeah, so, yeah there you go so paul hello <laughs> welcome to our, our podcast it's great to have you with us just do you want to um just say who you are and what what kind of your i don't know if you've got a job title it's probably everything but what you do uh, right, yeah. Uh, so it's Paul Mikojani, uh, and I'm uh, one of the three directors for Darkwoods Coffee. Brilliant. So, what's your? How did you end up here? What's your kind of history in in coffee? Right. Where I'll, does it begin? I'll give you the whole the whole life <laughs> history it. then. Uh, so I ended up physically here, as in Huddersfield, yeah. um, 
years and years ago, 33 odd years ago or something, because right. I came to Huddersfield Poly. Yeah. Uh, that shows how old I am now. So Huddersfield Poly used to be the center of excellence for hotel and catering. Okay. So I came and did a hotel and catering degree here. Yeah. Uh, moved to America, moved to London, but was always drawn back to the, uh, the windswept moors of uh, wow. Huddersfield. Uh, <laughs> uh, but really my, my coffee sort of career started when I was running um, the local council's commercial catering. Right. Um, brought on board a, a coffee supplier uh, who I uh, got on very well with. We wanted an initially just to start a, a cafe, cafe bar like, like uh, most people yeah. would probably have the dream of doing. Um, but that kind of morphed into uh, designing and setting up cafes for other people and, and training. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that was 20 odd years ago now. Yeah. Um, barista training 20 odd years ago hardly existed. There's a, a, another friend of mine who was, who was probably one of two barista trainers in the, in the UK at that yeah. time. Uh, and it was seen as a very bizarre sort of novelty to, to yeah. need training in coffee. Uh, but lo and behold, e- even just a few years after that, it became a sort of staple requirement. Uh, and during those first years, I suppose most of my training was training uh, other coffee companies' customers and uh, eventually, as, the, as it became more a mainstay in the, uh, in the coffee world, yeah. training the other trainers for, for coffee companies. Yeah. Um, so Coffee Community, which was the name of the, the company, uh, sort of worked with everything from the, the big brands, uh, you know, your high street uh, brands, your machine manufacturers, milk companies, all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, uh, advising on anything coffee related and I suppose over those years you just amass and take on uh, board loads more sort of information yeah and uh, uh, and eventually after 20 years hopefully know <laughs> know what you're doing um, and then Darkwoods itself started six years ago now uh, and I'd been um, in contact with Damien who's uh, one of the, the other three here. Yeah. Damien was a head roaster for another large coffee roastery in Huddersfield. We've got, we've got four coffee roasteries in Huddersfield. Uh, bizarrely. The hub, the hub uh, of it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he was, he was the uh, head roaster and buyer for, for this very large roastery. Uh, I was working on training uh, their guys uh, yeah. so that they uh, and Ian, who's the third director, he ran a big social enterprise uh, and was also involved in a couple of coffee-related charities. And he was doing sort of projects with, with Damien on, on those charities. Right, okay. And the three of us really just wanted to uh, sort of break free of all that. Start a coffee company that, that focuses on speciality coffee, but with very open appeal to a wider probably range of the general public than yeah. the most sort of artisan it says in uh, inverted commas uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, artisan sort of coffee roasteries uh, had, a, had a sort of broader appeal but focus on really good quality sort of coffees but perhaps in a wider range of styles but it was very important for us as well that we were in the heart of the the Yorkshire countryside we yeah. we love the surroundings where we are we wanted to enjoy going to work yeah. uh, in the in the countryside and we also wanted people who visited us here to to sort of enjoy the environment as well yeah, so uh, it's definitely so got wow factors uh, yeah yeah <laughs> really well, well, perhaps not when it's snowing and sleeting the wild melancholy side of the, uh, of the weather yeah uh, it's part of its appeal, I suppose, yeah, it so. is definitely yeah we de- i think we probably first met you 
way back then, kind of not 20, but 12 years ago, wasn't it? We yeah. went to uh, when we were starting out. We did some barista training, uh -huh. and I think yeah. you were there. Did you, uh, maybe yeah, Damien we think or? last time we met, didn't we? That we worked out you probably were the. We're pretty confident you were the one who was brought in to do the barista training with the company we were using when we set up. Yeah. And so, um, and w what was fascinating is that we were really won over by that mo by that training at the time we were like wow this is you know one of those moments you have where you're like okay coffee can do this and you know this is really enjoyable and it was funny because then even in that company their engineers came out and tried to tell us other ways of making coffee and we were like but that's not what we were trained in and we didn't <laughs> realize how our i think our training at the beginning was so much was so good you know and it was actually was probably one of the crucial parts of us going oh this is really you know this is really good this yeah. is exciting it's not just make a coffee this is exciting it was always a challenge to the back then to i mean if you were working with another company to try and if, if the company had the right attitude you you try and get to them first yeah. train their their management team train their engineers and and people who did it fully you know really got on board it and it really worked yeah. but sometimes you were you were just that that sort of little niche in an otherwise bumbling <laughs> company that yeah, just yeah. did exactly what they always did yeah. uh, engineers were always the last bastion of, uh, of any old uh, sort of, uh, <laughs> standards that they've knocked up themselves. Sort yeah. of thing. So, uh, you talk I mean. about um, like Darkwoods Roast coffee, I guess, in styles to suit everybody, but keeping the kind of speciality and the quality. Uh -huh. Why is that important rather than the kind of Scandinavian, we're just going to do light roast, everything's pretty light and that's the coolest thing ever. And yeah, what is it I'm, that appeals to you about? I, I think it's very important not to confuse quality and style. Yeah. Uh, so there are a whole number of different styles you can present coffee in, uh, just like different wine varieties or, yeah. or and, uh, grape varieties and things like that for wine. Uh, and it was important that, as, although I, I, we love light roast coffees, particularly for filter coffee, it yeah. would probably be our, sure. our sort of preference. Uh, it's not everybody's sort of preference. Mm. And it's not that they're wrong. It's not that they uh, they need educating. We're very, very nervous to ever use the word, well, I, I wouldn't use the word educate. I've yeah. spent my life educating people about coffee. But when you're selling coffee, it's very, very important to change that word educate to advise. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's a, a very important semantic difference between those two. Yeah. Educating, the, the control is in the educator's hands. Yeah. And, and they have the right answer. Uh, yes, and hence the, the, yeah, yeah. the person who's being educated yeah, may be good. wrong. Yeah. Uh, whereas when you're advising, People know what they enjoy. Yeah. You know that that's that's their privilege. They're your customers. You should listen to them, and it's our responsibility to uh, put forward what they they're going to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, perhaps challenge them. Perhaps show them different things, and uh, for sure. But we're advising them for their enjoyment, that's right. uh, and and that's the important difference. And that and that's why we wanted to do a whole load of of different styles, but with high quality coffee yeah so it may be a lighter style you know bright fruity floral filter coffee mm -hmm. but it also might be a sort of a rich chocolatey espresso yeah uh, and if somebody's used to more commercial dark roast sort of coffees yes um, 
can you do those styles but do them better? Yeah, you yeah, can. That's you can right. do. They don't have to be super dark, but you can do yeah. darker styles that have lovely sort of chocolatey flavours. A hint, of, a hint of that fruit, a hint of the uh, the, the sort of uh, origins of the coffee sort of yeah. still in there, uh, but but really meet the customer on their terms rather than try and impose something yeah. on them. Uh, and you never know, if, you, if they start there, they might move to different sort of styles, try different things. Yeah. But there's no right or wrong. It's not, it's not that they have to transition from, from wrong no, to right. until it's they it, get to like They enjoy that, yeah, they yeah. enjoy that, and that, no, that's for them. Uh, but when you take speciality-grade coffees uh, and you roast them sympathetically in whatever style, uh, then you can get great versions of... Uh, classic sort of uh, taste profiles, cleaner, sweeter, rounder, richer uh, than, like dark than roasted people are used to. Speciality coffee or darker roasted speciality is already still such a leap from a supermarket bag of yeah, yeah. Grip, like whatever um, they call it, grade three and things. So well, that, that's it. It's already I mean, a journey, isn't it, for someone to go on? No, nothing we roast is, is into second crack. Nothing we roast is into that, that you know, very dark end of things because you'd lose the the integrity of the coffee but certainly you can nudge up to that uh, and still have uh, a really uh, interesting sort of uh, great tasting coffee of that that style I suppose that came to final fruition uh, last year when we we launched uh, a coffee called Deer Hill which is was uh, a coffee we'd been toying with for a couple of high-end Italian restaurants that wanted the traditional Italian-style espresso, so hence using Robusta. Now, in the speciality world, you know, Robusta is some sort of swear word. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But use carefully uh, and use uh, of a very good quality. We, we basically got the very best uh, Robusta we could get from a place called the Harley Estate in, in India. Uh, and that's used as 20% of a, a blend of other speciality grade Arabicas to produce a sort of a, a sort of Italian espresso on steroids. That's really, really interesting. Uh, and that won two stars at the Great Taste Awards wow. the first year yeah. we launched it, uh, and is a, a great coffee. It may not be to everyone's tastes. Yeah. Uh, if if you're looking for that that sort of uh, that more pronounced acidity in a, in a coffee, it's not for you. Yeah. If you're looking for sort of rich, buttery sweetness, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, That's so, really interesting. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's important that not everybody, everybody likes the same thing, but That's you can right. do good versions of all sorts of things. I mean, I, I'm a, a big sort of wine fan. I tend to yeah. drink fairly unusual grape varieties. I'm not a big Sauvignon fan, yeah, uh, and 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 yet you'll go to people who will just drink Sauvignon. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't mean I'm right and they're wrong or, or vice versa. Yeah. They, we've just got different yeah. tastes. That's really good. Uh, I really reach, love that. Uh, I love that approach because it's so. Do you find sometimes I just think some we we like just love that approach because sometimes you get so tempted to feel like there's the right answer and there's the right thing or the trendiest or the coolest and there's sometimes particularly in people into coffee there's sometimes that pressure of but it should be done like this mm. or it should taste like that and it's 
it's not right, is it? Ultimately, do you enjoy it, isn't it? There's, a, there's an awful lot of, of dogma in the, in the coffee world, in the barista world, uh, and there's, a, there's an awful lot of inward-looking sort of pressure, uh, more, more than virtually any industry there was. I mean, I suppose it's because of my age. There never used to be that. I mean, you go back 20 years ago, most of the, of, of the dogma and the, the, the so-called ways of doing things didn't exist. No. So, so perhaps my, my age and uh, sort of Elon gates that perspective uh, uh, into not being worried too much about what 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 is the most sort of current uh, but also a lot of it that can be wrong a lot of it can be presumptuous of what the customer likes I'd, I'd love mm. to get a couple of different styles of espresso for you know some sort of of the the, the sort of top cafes and just do blind tastings with their customers yeah. because I think you'd actually find you that really their customers like. If they were presented two different styles within a cafe that had the same care and attention, the same uh, service, the same uh, decor, etc., yeah. uh, that when you actually boil down to it, it may be that they love all the other things apart from the actual selection of the beans that are being used, mm. and 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 it needs it needs testing a little no, bit. No, we more. found that we've put on a, a darker roasted Brazil as a single origin, so we've got two espressos on. And some people have been like, oh, great. Well, I can have that now because I much prefer that. But they were still really committed customers and loyal and yeah, came every yeah. week or every day. And now they're like, oh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I like that yeah. better. And uh-huh. be- just because I house blend is a little bit more lively, fruity, unusual. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's having that choice. I mean, I say, I, if, if, if it's filter coffee, personally, I, 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 I'm not a great fan of, of darker filter coffees. No. Some people are, uh, but personally, I prefer uh, a lighter, sort yeah. of fruitier sort of style. If it's espresso, for me, it's more mid-roast. Mm-hmm. I, I, that, that pronounced acidity can get a little bit overwhelming, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, and I, for, for my tastes, yeah. uh, and I prefer sort of more mid-caramelly sort of uh, side of things yeah. uh, on that. But, but that, that's, that's my taste, and it, but it's important to, to realize and, and listen to customers. I mean, for a long time, the, the coffee world has been, uh, the high-end coffee world's been uh, sort of, uh, ridicule for its customer service. I yeah. mean, there's, there's popular fast food adverts. Uh, will yes, that's test. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, it's a shame that it, it's got to that point where the the emphasis on the the product is more important than the customer. Than the, the customer, customer's yeah. perspective is is always the the most important. But because I grew up in a uh, a hospitality world in, in working in five star hotels and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know that that is always impinged on how I how I think and how I operate. I mean my my background is in hotels and in uh, lecturing in in marketing to to hotel and catering students. Yeah. Uh, and in both the customer is at That's the heart right. of, from of, the people of both, aspect, both you? perspectives. Yeah. Really. So, yeah. So. yeah. No, I like it because quite often we'll. I think we were quite lucky because we obviously had a bit of training from you at the beginning and then we had uh, Dale from Hasbeen when we, we moved to Hasbeen fairly quickly uh, in our early days and his approach was so like, well you could do that or you could do that and it was really about uh, ultimately is it a nice cup of coffee that you're serving, don't get too meticulous and it is, it's so important isn't it, we go out to places yeah. where we like do a bit of milk training they're like oh we've been told we should do this and it's like well you can do that that's fine it's uh-huh. no it's so like people are so think there should be a right and wrong isn't it but actually it's yeah, just and, make and create a nice cup interestingly as well i mean obviously 
a lot of the the time now i mean a, a lot of what i was involved with um on the coffee education side with with originally things like city and gills uh, and then uh, helping write the speciality coffee association qualifications there's a lot of science uh, and i've always been very keen to use that science uh, to the to the the betterment of making tastier drinks uh, but because we had to write qualifications that spanned the world you know the, the, the principles and ideas that we put forward had to be as relevant for somebody in Italy as they were in someone in Scandinavia or in Australia or in America, wherever it was that they were making coffee. So we didn't want to be prescriptive over so much the end result, just advise people on how the science gets them to their end result uh, and, and do it correctly and in, and in an informed sort of way. Uh, and, and interestingly, over the years, uh, barista dogmas come and gone, uh, and a lot of the commonly held uh, sort of ways of doing things uh, have, have started to be chipped away, and, and people's perspective is, is starting to get a little bit more balanced, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like that, so. Hopefully their coffees it's always been a principle so that from an education point of view to, to present uh, ways of doing things rather than the end result as such. Yeah, that's good. And how about here as a location? Um, you do some pop-up stuff, don't you? Some pop-up cafes and um, things with the local community. How have you found having a location that's... I mean, I'd say warehouse. It's not warehouse. It's gorgeous. But it's, but it's, yeah, it's an <laughs> having old, this it's feel. An old, uh, weaver's uh, shed, an, an old old mill. Uh, it was originally used for what's called carding, part of the uh, the, the sort of um, fabric processing right, sort of okay. side of things. At one point, it was a baby sham warehouse as well. Was it? Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've Did not found any, any old bottles <laughs> knocking around. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we got here and it was a, a very much a dilapidated. Right. Sort of shell of a place that sold the old flag flooring because uh, that was worth more than the rest of the building wow. uh, so it we we got here six years ago and uh, got sandblasters in they sandblasted the whole building recovered all the old uh, stone and brickwork and the old beams and things like that uh, and that, that almost pretty much the whole first year was spent renovating the, the mill looks amazing uh, and uh, and it's a so a lovely sort of space now it's got its own sort of atmosphere we've got the, the sort of river and the canal uh, out the back door and things so uh, it's, a, it's a great space it's got its own sort of atmosphere and life uh, and we always planned to have a cafe that was partly why we wanted to be in the in the countryside as well but we were well aware that the the roasting was the primary business and the cafe really was a way of inviting in uh, the general public and the and the local community into our world to see what we were doing M much the same as a as a, a craft brewer would have a tap room and that sort of thing we very much wanted to uh, have that openness and 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 um, share what we what we did um, so early days we started doing more sporadic sort of pop-up cafes uh, and they went down really well uh, so now we do a monthly last Saturday of every month we we clear down a load of the the, the sort of coffee bags and packing area that we've got lay out more tables and benches and things like that and we open as a, as a sort of full-on cafe That's really good. Uh, and it, it's it's really well supported I saying the, the last one that we did um, at the end of January we had 
just about 800 people come down in five hours. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, so, <laughs> that would uh, send our stock into a panic. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it pretty, pretty similar for us. Really. Uh, we're, we're used to it being be, being busy, and and we've got pretty fast baristas. But there was there was two on on one machine. Normally, we we operate so the two baristas on one one two group machine. It's amazing how yeah. if you're efficient at what you're doing, how you don't need masses of kit. But we did have to get a second machine up and running and. Yeah two on one machine two on another for, wow. for that day but uh, but it's it's really sort of embraced by the the sort of local community that that one particularly we we did the the profits were going to um the local mountain rescue and the local yeah. town hall that uh, bizarrely had been ram raided a couple of weeks before no. uh, so the oh profits right. went to them on that so so we had lots of walkers in that day so that might might have been uh, yeah uh, sort good. of the extra people fueled by the uh, yeah the, uh, that cause on, on that but we do other bits and pieces as well we've had um, um, sort of jazz gigs folks folk gigs and things like that yeah. down here particularly on an evening it's got a, an atmosphere all of its own down yeah. here and again, that we're not wanting to use the space commercially for that. Everything we do really is either because it's friends or, or uh, people we know want to yeah. do something. And we're really only interested in creating something that that we enjoy ourselves uh, and that we think people are going to come down and and you know sort of think that was a, a great night. It had something sort of special about it. Yeah. So so we're not we're not just going to be you know booking events and using the space uh, as a commercial venue as such it, it's it's really just uh, a, a yeah. folly of There's our, a our own or, yeah. sort of love of music or, or whatever yeah, it may yeah, be that's to, good to do, yeah. so. but that uh -huh. serves a community doesn't it of a type it's uh, yeah, kind of yeah. people connected to you and who understand the journey and uh -huh. love what you're doing so and, and and i think people get the the sort of authenticity of it as well that they know everything we do is a pretty much an extension yeah. of the way we think and the way we work and uh, it, it's not just an event put on to, to make money. <laughs> Most yeah. of them don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quite, the, quite the opposite. Most yeah. of them are, are j uh, literally just because one of us likes jazz or yeah. one of us likes Hard folk or one fun. of us <laughs> likes something else. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, that we, uh, that we just want to put those on. So. Really good. Uh, you got any, uh, any funny stories from your, your time in coffee? Maybe customer service, or if you've got a lot of experience in that, though. I, I, I'm not really sure as such. I suppose there's more in the hotel world going going to the right back. Um, no, I mean, I suppose on on the customer service side of things, it, it's uh, again, it's very much down to trying to uh, approach and talk and. and think on your customer's sort of wavelength. Yeah. I suppose one of, it's not, not a funny story, but one perspective to, to bring that home. Uh, I once saw a, a presentation from um, a lady who quite rightly was, was heroing uh, customer service and, and was, was talking about the, the kind of role of the barista in that and how yeah. uh, the, the barista had become uh, sort of much maligned for, for poor customer service. Uh, and I listened to this and I, I didn't comment at the time, but I was sat with her in a cafe um, afterwards that, mm. that, that evening and I, and I sort of said to her, I said, do you not understand your your role in this as well you know you 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 run a roastery you run cafes do you not understand it's your responsibility to create the environment that that, that barista works in yeah and i was sort of saying well what what do you mean by that and and 
when the cafe that we were in at the time had a tea menu on the wall and it was the most impenetrable tea menu for anyone that wasn't a tea expert ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was all ordered in, uh, it was whites, greens, oolongs, black teas. It's uh, all just by their, uh, by their name, which some of them were sort of weird oh, and gosh. wonderful, yeah, yeah. sort of Japanese place names and, and things like yeah. that. Uh, and no flavor descriptions, no details or anything. So of the, the oolongs, for example, there was two or three different oolongs, all with different names, no flavor notes or whatever. Ever. it would have been completely impossible for a customer to choose a tea without relying on the barista's sort of yeah. help uh, I mean I, I uh, I'm involved in tea as well I at least knew which ones were oolongs and greens and whites but yeah. that was about as far <laughs> at least I knew they were in that order as well the customer wasn't even given those clues. That, there, weren't, right. there weren't even any sort of subheadings or anything yeah. like that and so what that would have meant is the customer would have to have gone to the counter and sort of say, right, what, um, you know, what's this, what's that, what do you recommend? So they, they were putting their trust completely in the hands of, of the barista. Uh, now that's where you could either get a, a great response and really informative, great service, but it's also where that, the, the, you, you're leaving that space for, for arrogance and indifference and things like that as, as well. You're certainly not creating a customer-friendly environment. Whereas if you've got a menu with all those flavor notes and things like that, tend to one you sell more, uh, but also the customer could just read, read down the, the list and sort of say, oh, I'll have cup of that a pot of that or, or whatever I mean we have that approach we, we do when we do the pop-up cafes we do two batch filters all the time one one more of a, a kind of safer coffee flavor and one more more sort of challenging one more unusual uh, and they're just listed on the board like you would in a in a craft beer or a tap room or something like that it's number number one this is what it's called this is what it tastes like number two this is what it's called this is what it tastes like and so people just come come along and they say or can I have a, a mug at number two and a couple of mugs at number one and things like that. And, and it's made as simple as possible for them to, to enjoy. Well, it empowers and, the uh, customer, doesn't it, it as well? It empowers the customer. It provides and takes the pressure the, off the barista. Yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah. it provides the environment where the customer feels comfortable to, yeah. to try things. And so, so that, that's, it's not a funny yeah, story. Yeah, no, that's I'm good afraid, though. That's yeah, good. That's really good. Uh, good but it, yeah. it really kind of highlights how the whole approach to both design uh, and and just thinking things through mm. from your your customer's perspective really so yeah, yeah that's cool. really good what Easy. about what about one of the is there anything that stands out as something you're most proud of or most you know excited by from your time in coffee and from dartwoods or anything I, sp I suppose i was involved with the barista qualifications for for a long time but on the on the sidelines for for quite a while um, so uh, a team of people from the Beverage Service Association, as it was, put the, uh, the City and Guilds qualification together, uh, and we worked work quite a lot on that. And that, that was a, uh, a, lot of, a lot of good things were done uh, in that first qualification. Uh, and, and, but when the um, Speciality Coffee Association, SCA, uh, put their uh, qualifications out, they had a sort of um, a, a rocky sort of ride the first time. There was about three versions of, of the qualifications that were written before they were properly grab, grabbed right. hold of. And each time they were written, I was kind of 
on the sidelines and was sort of dragged in to try and help um, sort out any any issues or any problems. Yeah. But I was always always involved on the sidelines. Uh, eventually, when the whole coffee diploma system got launched, I, I sort of said, right, well, I'm, you know, I'll come on and, and help properly, and we'll we'll do this from from the scratch. Yeah. And, and at that point things got structured uh, in a very different way. We, uh, first of all, didn't just write exams. We started with a uh, looking at what baristas needed or, or the whole coffee industry needed mm -hmm. with the other qualifications. We started looking uh, at producing a curriculum uh, of what people needed and then writing practical and written exams off the, off the back of that. That's so really it was a much more yeah. of an educational process. And we structured all of the uh, exams slightly differently so there was foundation intermediate and professional uh, up until that point there was only a level one and level two and they weren't really in the right places mm. um, so i think i think that change in in structure and approach is one of the things i i was uh, really pleased to be involved with um, but then also when we finally wrote the professional qualification uh, it was probably one of the first times that we'd put all of the sort of, um, I suppose, framework, the, the sort of scientific framework for how coffee extracts into one place so that people didn't know just little random bits about their coffee. For years and years, there'd be, been blogs and, and yeah. talks and, and this and that bit of information. It was putting all of it together to, to sort of say, well, if you do this and this, this is the result. Yeah. But if you do this and that, this is the result. And, and sort of worked out how all of the parameters that a barista works with are, are kind of uh, interchangeable and, and affect each other. And that really was the forerunner of what people now call brew, brew formulas or brew recipes. Uh, and and uh, by no means, I, I don't want to claim that, that I invented it or yeah, anything no, like that. <laughs> um, but putting all of those, those bits together uh, and then sort of in, into one cohesive framework and structure and then sending that out yeah. into the world so people could then um, sort of use that. It, it was quite groundbreaking at, at the time and certainly now I mean I, I'll I'll go to America or Korea or, or wherever mm. in the world and these sorts of things are talked about just as a as a standard um, and and I'd like to hope that that putting that qualification out there did a whole load to sort yeah. of popularize that sort of information. I mean, in, information on that sort of regard still just coming out. I mean, this, in this last week, uh, there was a great sort of scientific paper uh, just issued that, that's, again, hopefully supported most of what we, we had on uh, in, that, in, in that initial qualification. Challenges right. a few things on the edges, but that's great. That, that's right. what we want to yeah, have. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's sort of forever sort of uh, progressing in that sort yeah. of side. So that, that's probably um, Yeah, that's shaped a lot of coffee where, making uh, around the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly on the, on the, on the Darkwood side, going, going back to our sort of products, uh, it's, it's getting products out there that we truly see people uh, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, if we look at things like the Great Taste Awards, they're, they're a great... Um, uh, so the barometer for, for how we're doing because they're not voted for by 
coffee experts. There are coffee experts involved in the in the in the process and on, on the panels and things like that. Mm. But there's also chefs, there's deli owners, there's uh, food critics, there's all, all sorts of people involved in that, and they just get. A, a cup of coffee put in front of them. It's all blind tasted, yeah. uh, and they they drink that and they just decide whether they like it or not. And we've been very lucky to win two golden forks in the last sort of four years. Now, by the time you've got to a golden fork, it's one of the best eight products out of twelve and a half thousand products that have wow. been blind tasted, uh, and the scoring to get to the golden fork stage means 40 people have blind tasted that that product and and voted for it yeah uh, and the the statistics alone are, are quite unfathomable to work out that we that we've got two in four years That's brilliant. Uh, but and they and they are of very different styles of coffee as yeah. well uh and and so you know one one's a uh, a, a fruity natural process so the Panama uh, the other ones are sort of mid roast um, so sort the of caramely espresso yeah. so the fact that two very different styles of coffee uh, have have scored well in 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 that and are being enjoyed by a wide range of people I mean that that's uh, that, that's great to, to know yeah. Yeah. what's your go-to coffee favorite kind of region or I um, I'm heavily sort of prone to, to taking bags of Colombian coffee home for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm virtually totally filter coffee drinker now. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, bizarrely, I've worked it with uh, lots of milk companies and things over the years, but uh, I don't, I don't not like milk but I've always as long as I've known drank black coffee mm. uh, so I like a, an espresso but I, I'm always always been a filter coffee drinker for, for, for you know not yeah. not in this current wave of filter coffee I've, I've always you know been my how do you brew at home um, so uh, a V60 decanter uh, so yeah. 30 grams, half a litre, yeah. sort of just with my kettle by the side. There's no yeah. fancy kettles good. or anything like that. Yeah. I, I still do use scales, uh, even yeah. though I must, must admit I can, you can, probably I can guess do 30 that, grams yeah, yeah. pretty accurately. Uh, but that's a kind of a little test each good. morning. I, yeah, I grind I love those coffee tests. and if, it, if, it's, if it's more than a gram out, I'm a bit I do that every time I weigh some out for a bag. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so often it, it's the... Uh, the kind of fruitier end of, of the Columbia's yeah, uh, that are my go-to. Yeah. I, I kind of love naturals and things like that, uh, but it, they tend to be more washed or honey honey processed. Uh, to me, more the, the geishas, the naturals and things like that, I see them more as an afternoon coffee, uh, a little bit like perhaps an Earl Grey tea with, it, with your afternoon tea yeah. or something like that. Uh, and, and also, um, I, it, it's... I suppose you see waves of things coming in and, and, and going. I mean, certainly we've, um, personally, I mean, I can remember drinking the first sort of natural Ethiopian sort of coffees uh, coming out of, of Yogeshev because I, I, I sort of went to Ethiopia probably, God, how long ago was it? Uh, it was when, it's probably about 15, 14, 15 years ago, something like that, mm. uh, and drank these Coffees at the, at the there's a whole major cupping place in in the uh, on the outskirts of Addis Ababa, uh, and some of the first um, 
Ethiopian Jurg Naturals were being produced. Uh, now, baristas won't like to hear this, but it, it, they were actually being produced uh, on the request of Starbucks, who were working <laughs> with right. some of the washing stations in the area, and yeah. they said, can you just try naturally processing some of this for us? Right. Uh, so some of the, the, the now heralded sort of <laughs> chef wow. naturals, yeah, yeah. actually the Starbucks encouraged them to try that process yeah. in the first place. <laughs> uh, and so we were tasting some of the, the, the you know, what, what are now some of the most impactful sort of coffees right. for, for yeah, yeah. the Absolutely. people experience. Uh, we were tasting some of them for the, for the first wow, time. And obviously as things like geishas and things like that come uh, come along yeah. that are heavily influenced by similar sort of style and varieties from, uh, um, I, I've, I've enjoyed them, uh, but I do come back to the, the sort of yeah. more staple washed Colombians yeah. and, and, that, and that side, Central Americans and things as, as my everyday you know, yeah. with my cornflakes, sort of like yeah. uh, enjoyable coffees. That's brilliant. Over there, wonderful. Thank you very much, Paul. Thanks, Thanks for much. your time. Nice yeah. to be no here. We'll grab some more coffee. <laughs> so yeah, we'd love you to subscribe um, and go with us on our journey. We've got some weeks ahead and uh, yeah, we'd love you to set out with us. We've got some offers we'll be doing, bits of coffee information we'll be giving you. So it'd be great if you could follow us. And we've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got website. We've even got the old TikTok starting, which is epic. So find us out there. It's CLO, which is just CLO Coffee and you'll uh, spot us around the place.